You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's going on, everybody? RJ Joey here from SB Nation's blog and theboys.com. Hope all is over you are. We hope you're happy, safe, healthy. We want to wish you a very happy Thanksgiving week. Uh, odds are, if you're not watching this live, uh, you may be listening to the podcast while you're traveling for Thanksgiving festivities. We hope you're having a safe uh, and happy holiday week, obviously. Uh, if you are with us live, because this is a live show, uh, we are live on the Blog and the Boys YouTube channel. It is time for our weekly roundtable. It is a fast week for the Cowboys. We didn't stop. We're not going anywhere. It's time for us to discuss about how, well, discuss how, um, I don't even know what to discuss. I mean, frankly, it's um, there's a lot of stuff to get into, to be honest with you. Joining us this evening, going in clockwise order, we have the one and only Tom, Tom, Tom Ryle is here to express some wisdom. Next to him, T.C., Tony, Catalina, a.k.a. Young Jersey Mike, even though he doesn't have Mike at all in his name. Next up in our order, we have Mr. Oregon himself, like Lieutenant Colonel Frank Slater said, in scent of a woman, it is Dan Rogers, a.k.a. Danny Phantom. And finally, rounding out our fantastic panel this evening, another Jersey Mike, one of the Jersey boys, Dave Sturchio from Chop Sports. You can hear him on Jersey Boys and on Two Minute Warning along with Tony Catalina here on the Block of the Boys podcast. Never you can read all these guys. You can hear all of them here at BTB throughout the BTB universe. Um, Dan, I start with you. Uh, why did you show up if the Cowboys season is over? <laughs> Dan, you are on mute. So great start for us here. Uh, good vibes for. No, I, I guess I wasn't showing up. Um... No, I mean, I, I thought about taking a nap for eight months, you know, and just like, you know, just giving up. I mean, it's, that's it. I mean, that's the third loss of the year. I mean, it's, it's over for us. I don't know what else to say. We can't beat the AFC West. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I'm just uh, ready to call it quits. Um, it's, uh, it's a tough time. Donnie says on our live stream, it's strange panic time now, but by next Friday, Dallas could potentially be nine and three and people will still panic. I agree with Donnie. Lots of football is going to happen over the coming days. A reminder to everybody to please subscribe here to the blog and the voice YouTube channel. And if you are listening on the podcast side of things, subscribe there on your preferred podcast platform, leave a rating, write a review. Those things go a long way towards helping us out. Tony, you are the resident panic attack. You are chicken little. Um, are you taking Sunday's loss in Kansas City hard? Are you? Do you think everybody freaking out is stupid? Uh, where, where do you stand, Tony? Uh, it's it's a it's definitely early to panic. Um, I I'm not too too worried about the actual loss itself. I'm a little bit more concerned with how the loss came about. Right? I think um, if you would have asked me, and I think you had asked me what I thought this game or how this game would go, I would figure the defense would have to carry their weight. I didn't think the offense would be the ones that we needed to step up. And uh, um, that's a slight uh, worry, but I'm not I'm not panicking. I'm not too worried about it. And you know, the quick turnaround helps to kind of put that all aside and rate the ship uh, a little quicker than usual. 
Sturch, um, I, I know that you guys talked about it on Jersey Boys. You can hear Sturch, Brett Ernst, and Keith Ernst every Monday on our network. Um, and and I couldn't quite tell where you landed here, Sturge, and, and we'll get into this and we'll unpack it. But I, I think the reason people are panicked is because Cowboys fans made this game into a big deal. Uh, when in reality, this Chiefs team um, is not that great. You know, I, I think a lot of people allowed themselves to kind of let the narrative of the moment, the the you know, I know you, Sturge, you're a hopeless romantic. And so you were all about, you know, the the big stage and Arrowhead and the chance and and Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. And so, but this was just kind of a ho-hum team and, and the Cowboys lost and that sucks. But people are acting like they, they missed some opportunity to, to send a message to the rest of the NFL. I think this game had a lot to do with, you know, how, how it was like a measuring stick for a lot of people. They were wondering how we can run with a team like, like the Chiefs who have been to the Super Bowl a couple years in a row now. Um, but it really wasn't the case. And I I don't think I never looked at it like that. I know, you know, according to whatever ratings you're looking at, the the NFL, I mean, that game in particular was the highest rated game or the highest viewed game in this the season. So we all knew that was gonna happen. Uh it didn't really live up to the expectations, but um I, I don't think it's it's time for us to to write the Chiefs into the Super Bowl this year. They're gonna have their hands full going forward as well. And I think the Cowboys just kind of you know, they came out flat and, um, you know, I think people should take this, learn from it and then apply it. And like, as, as Tony just said, I think it's a great thing that it's a, it's a short week and we have a chance to kind of rebound a lot quicker than, than normal. Tom, Rachel Adams on the stream says progress, not perfection. I'm not panicking. For a moment, I saw this and I thought it was Rachel McAdams. I thought same, we had a, a, an actress going on. <laughs> Rachel, I don't know what you do for your line of work, but if um, if you were in uh, the notebook or you know whatever it is, let us know. Uh, but Tom, um, how are you feeling? I, that's that's the first question. The first question goes to you, Tom, because you are our resident champion. You share the title with everyone except for Sturch as a result of last week's roundtable. You, Tony, and Dan all back to defend your title. Aiden Davis slacking on us today. Uh, but, Tom, the first question, how should we really feel about Dallas, uh, if I could you know, grammatically get this sentence right, Dallas losing in Kansas City? Well, it's – the funny thing about the Cowboys fan base is, is like they don't seem to notice anything that goes on outside of Dallas. The Tennessee Titans rolled in with the best record in the AFC and lost to the Houston Texans last week. Yeah, but Tom, I'm a Cowboys fan and I don't care. I expect I to win every so. game. The the yeah. that's that's the mentality, all right? This team hasn't won jack since 1995. All right, the last time this team won something significant, John Elway didn't have a Super Bowl of any kind. All right? So, I don't know how things work in Tennessee or Buffalo, Tom, but here the standards different. Yeah, because we're just so special. Uh, I, yeah, it the Cowboys had a terrible game. Dak had a bad game. I think he had a problem with the weather, oddly enough. I think the windy conditions seemed to affect him and that he was just a bit off. There was something on the offensive line going on that uh, I think may have been a mistake. They didn't have their top wide receiver. Their number two wide receiver went out at halftime. It's a shame because the defense, after the first drive where Kansas City marched down and scored, the defense played a very good game, I think. Uh, but the offense was just a little bit hit. And to me, it was finally the point, and I wrote about it earlier this week, they finally hit the limits of next man up. They just didn't have quite enough. 
the backups, particularly the backup wide receivers, did not contribute enough. Uh, you know, there were too many drops. Uh, you know, when your quarterback is a little bit off target, you can't drop the ones that get to your hands, and and that happened. And the run game wasn't clicking, partly because the offensive line wasn't clicking, and so they just got mired offensively. Now we need to see if they can fix it this week. Um, I'm not panicked. Uh, I'm still, let's see what happens this week, if they can turn it around fast. And I'm still looking at the fact that the Cowboys have one of the best records in the NFL. Uh, they're one of the, 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 the upper echelon of teams right now. They're still leading the division. So, let's not panic. Just that that's what you want to end on. Let's not panic. It's great. That's great. Like wisdom in general, like great <laughs> advice for all people in all walks of life. Um, that tattooed on, me. Uh, um, on your forehead, Sturge. Okay, Sturge right and Dan, you're going to tag team my next question. But my first one uh, goes to Tony. Um, Tony Catalina. All right. Now, I have said uh, myself a few times, different different conversations I've had in the last couple of days that, you know, had the Cowboys lost 19 to 17, had they lost 26, 24, we would have sat here. We would have said, well, they were missing Tyron. They were missing Amari. CD left after the first half. I mean, you know, at a certain point, to Tom's point, you know, you run out of dudes, right? Like, it just becomes impossible. Tony, we love, we love to sing the songs of Dak Prescott. And I'll ask you this as a setup to your question. So you actually have two questions, Tony. And I've been asking a lot of people this, so consider yourself very special. If you could have a team, an offense, of Dak Prescott and 10 random dudes or – the Cowboys' 10 non-quarterback offensive starters and a random dude. I imagine you would take Dak and 10 random dudes. Is that, that correct? Start things off? Start this question off? 100%. Okay. So that being said, no Amari, no CD, no Tyron. Connor McGovern's a left guard. We understand all of this. At a certain point, we have to be willing to put a lot, if not all, of the blame at Dak Prescott's feet because he wasn't good enough in Kansas City. He, I mean, bingo, he didn't play well enough, whether it be the wind, whether it be not trusting the offensive line, you know, maybe there's a little continuity. I mean, it's it's Terrence Steele, it's Connor McGovern. The left side was a little compromised, I'd say, to, to say the least. Chris Jones had a feasting of a game and um, a multitude of factors. This offense just doesn't get going. And I think we've seen so far this year that if the offense doesn't click pretty much from the jump, it, it it, it, it turns into a snowball effect, and it's something that is – it's concerning, to be honest with you, because this offense has the potential and has shown the ability to be one of the best units, if not the best unit in the entire league. But when, you know, they take the ball against Atlanta and drive it right down the field, and I think they know this team – they know themselves better than anybody else, right? They knew they had to get the ball. They had to get the ball rolling quick, score some points, kind of get that steam rolling, but – yeah, it's concerning, and it all starts with QB1, number four. So it's when he doesn't play well, I mean, duh, this is a duh, obvious you know, obvious statement, but when he's not rolling he's not clicking, the rest of it just see, doesn't seem to fall in line either. So, yeah, I mean, you, you got a guy that I view as a top-five quarterback in this league, and, you know, some people may think differently, but you're wrong. So uh, he's a top-five quarterback, and at the end of the day – if he's not playing well, the rest of the team follows suit. And that's something that we're going to have to make the lows not be so as low and keep the highs at a high, but let's just find more middle ground where it may not be his best day, but you know, we're still going to be able to be efficient and score a touchdown. 
I think that's well said, Tony. By the way, the podcast audience can't tell, but that hoodie is incredible. It's Black Friday coming up. Drop a link, and we'll um, we'll all outfit ourselves. Maybe we get some matching gear. Who knows? Um, I, okay, so we, we've kind of put that game in its place almost to a degree. Sturge, Dan, I mentioned this is a tag team question. If you get this, I was going to say get it right. I don't know how you would other than impress me. Um, you're each awarded five points. First question of the roundtable that points are up for grabs. So I start this. I want a yes or no answer only. Uh, from each of you. Sturch, do you believe, you know, the Cowboys have lost three games this year. Two of them have come from uncommon opponents and that they're AFC teams, AFC West teams specifically, obviously, in the Broncos and the Chiefs. Do you believe, again, yes or no, the lack of familiarity has had anything to do, even if it's 1% with this these two particular losses? Yes. Dan? Yes. Okay. So this was something that I wanted to think about. And Aiden Davis is not with us today on the roundtable. Like I said, he's a little bit busy. Uh, but he was kind enough to do some research on this subject. I wrote about it at bloggingtheboys.com. And what honestly got me you know, thinking most about this was Michael McCarthy said on Monday that the Cowboys would do a little bit more study on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the AFC West, obviously, a team they don't see all too often. Now, Aiden worked this up for us if you're watching the live stream on our YouTube channel or if you're watching it later. Um, the Cowboys have lost 67% of their games, two out of three, obviously, to non-traditional opponents, that being AFC teams. Teams that have had this particular percentage of losses to non-conference teams in a given season make the playoffs 92% of the time. Um, that This is kind of a finicky thing to kind of play with and look at. I realize this, and I realize it's it's really specific information and really specific data. So I wanted to add to this, Dan, and I'll start with you. Uh, do you know the last time that Mike McCarthy or Dan Quinn or John Fossil or Kellen Moore, the four top staffers on the Dallas Cowboys, do you know the last time any of them faced the AFC West? As a coach, obviously. No. Do you, Sturge? All four of them? I mean, it's they're different answers. <laughs> so, I mean, no. can, I can mean, you name one? Yeah, um, uh, I'll, let's go with uh, 2017. Um, so, the Dallas Cowboys, as an organization, last faced the AFC West in 2017. They lost to the Broncos that year. They did beat the Chiefs. Uh, they did beat the Raiders. Who could ever forget the index card game? Shout out to Gene Steratore, the GOAT. Um, but um, the last time that Mike McCarthy faced the AFC West, as a head coach, obviously, was in 2015 with the Green Bay Packers. Packers were up to play them in 2019. That was the year McCarthy sat out. The last time that Dan Quinn, Cowboys defensive coordinator, who did a fine job, obviously, not necessarily against Denver, but did against Kansas City. Uh, last time Dan Quinn saw the AFC West was in 2016 as the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. Now, Atlanta did play the AFC West last year in 2020, but all of those games came after Atlanta had parted ways with Quinn, although maybe he had done some prep in the offseason and whatnot. Uh, John Fossil, if you want to lump him in this group, last time he saw them was 2018. Who could ever forget the Rams-Chiefs game on Monday night when uh, our favorite tight end Jason Witten couldn't say Samson Ebukam's name? Uh, and finally, Kellen Moore, Cowboys offensive coordinator, had actually never seen the AFC West as a coach. Last time he saw them, he was a player on the Dallas Cowboys in 2017, to your point, Sturge. So, Dan, are you willing to forgive them a little bit? Does that make you nervous about Thursday? I mean, like, what, did I just waste all of our time with all that information? Oh, that's so many questions. Um, Five points. I mean, I, it's got to be tough. I'm not – I'm a little bit nervous. I mean, there is some – obviously, there's some merit in not seeing an opponent very uh, often. And, 
you know, we've had some low scoring affairs against the AFC West team so far. I'll definitely, if, if we have problems with the Raiders, then my answer is yes. Um, but not really. I mean, there's a couple common things that's happened over the last three games, you know, with Denver and Kansas city that, that do worry me. Um, but overall, I, I mean, I don't think so. I, we could say this is a lack of preparation thing from our coaching staff. I don't, I don't know necessarily if that's really the, you know, the big cause, but I'm not, I'm not too worried a little bit, not too worried. Now I believe blue 365 with a great question says, doesn't that work both ways though? Now I thought about this. Andy Reed is the head coach of the Kansas city chiefs and granted the, the NFC East teams that Andy Reed saw are nothing, you know, that they've seen before, but still Andy Reed's staff is a little bit different. You know, they're not necessarily in their second year together. I mean, it does work both ways to answer the question. I just found it to be interesting because it was, it was interesting how it had been so long. It's rare that you go in Mike McCarthy's case, six years before seeing a team, just, it happened to be that he sat out the year that he was slated to play them uh, just kind of happened to work that way. It's, it's again, a rare thing thing among coaches who have this much tenure in the Chiefs case it's every four years like clockwork Sturch did I waste your time are you sold are you indifferent like Dan are you waiting to see what happens on Thursday because you're the guy who likes to be on an island when it comes to takes on the round table I mean they came out completely flat against Denver and they came out completely flat against Kansas City but they were kind of flat against the Chargers though to Dan's point they didn't exactly light up the score but they did win that game but that was a little bit tough sledding early on offensively yeah, but I think once they started rolling, they started rolling. You know what I mean? Like the, that that game in particular is a a honestly a staple win of this season so far in on the road in L.A. So I, I think that yeah, I guess there's some kind of merit to it, but I don't I don't put too much stock into that. I think every you know everybody has film on everybody, so it's not like we're, we're like completely unfamiliar. Like when you're going into a game week prep, that's you're prepping for that that team, and you're and you're watching film on that team. So. It just it's just like a coincidence, I guess you can say that it's been a while for everybody. But as a whole, like this coaching staff is smart enough to to prepare. I just think that these games are anomalies. And I think the Chiefs, Chiefs in particular, were was just a lack of execution on the Cowboys part. Cowboys beat themselves. The Chiefs didn't beat us, I don't think. Um five points to both of you. Fine. You know, whatever. It's Thanksgiving. Yeah, you know, I'm feeling feeling generous. Tony, Tom, you got a lot I'm of thankful for that. Lot of room to catch up. Yeah. I mean, team actually we've turned this into a team matchup here uh, on the round table. Team D in Dave and Dan versus Team T in Tom and Tony. So it's 10 to nothing right now in favor of Team D. Uh Tom and Tony, uh you've got the next one. And Tony, we'll start with you. I have a feeling I know what every person in the chat is going to say in response to this question. Their answer also starts with a letter T. One to ten, Tony. How important is Thursday against the Raiders? Eight. I mean, it's a it's a high importance. You've lost you've lost the crowd. It wasn't a T. I'm not putting it as a ten. Mostly for the. It's like you said. It's an out of conference game. Um, We've. We've had trouble. Like it, it, I'm less concerned with the fact that it's you know we got to win this week against the Raiders. I'm more concerned with the fact that we're gonna be on the possibility of being on a skid if we don't lose. So I mean, if we don't win, so seven and four is a lot different in my eyes than eight and three. And so I wouldn't put it at panic level because, like I said, we the nation of Cowboys fans might panic if we sit seven and four after Thanksgiving, but the reality of the situation is, and I tweeted this out, everything is still out in front of us, and losing to an AFC West opponent doesn't change that fact. 
the fact of the matter is we still got a bunch of conf- um, inner division games to be played. We're playing against the Arizona Cardinals. Everything is still in front of us regardless. But all that being said, I do not feel good about the possibility of losing the first back-to-back game in the season. And uh, you just you want to see it get rolling after the performance we had on Sunday. So the last time that the Cowboys hosted the Raiders, they were the Oakland Raiders, obviously, uh, and it was on Thanksgiving Day in 2013. Does anybody know, the Cowboys won that game, what that win improved their record to that day, Thanksgiving Day 2013? Anybody have an idea? Anybody want to guess? You're, you're, Based on you're, how you're saying it, eight and three? <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> no, not eight and three. Six and I guess, five. I guess you don't remember the 2013 season, Tony. Uh, six and five is your guess. Sturge. Yeah. Dan, you comfortable letting Sturge gamble on behalf of your team? I like Sturge's guess. Okay. Tom, Tony, do you want to have a guess? It it should not be eight and three. That's my word of advice. I just thought you were setting it up there. <laughs> how about um, how about four but, and six? <laughs> um, okay. I don't know how to quantify this. Um Team D was correct and did not go over, and we do generally abide by prices, right rules here. So you guys get to go to the showcase. Congratulations to you, Sturch and Dan. Um, the win over the Oakland Raiders in 2013 improved the Cowboys' record to seven and five. Um, so to your point, Tony, I mean, Cowboys lose on Thursday. It's like, yeah, I'm not panicking at seven and four, but isn't that a little depressing, Tom, to think that they would be in the same neck of the woods as that 2013 team. And, and we know that the ending to that season was really disappointing. And that was part of the reason they went, you know, one and three down the stretch. But wouldn't that be unnerving? Like this has felt so much different than that season. I mean, you know, you you would theoretically want it to feel much more different, you know, through Thanksgiving Day. Yeah. If if it weren't, I mean, if you look in context to how this season has gone, I think it's more important just because don't want to get back-to-back losses. And we saw how Dak had a down game. Then he had a good rebound. I think we need to kind of see that again and make sure he's not developing some issues with confidence or something else. And we need to see them get those issues in front of him fixed. I mean, one of the big problems, I think, with his passing was the fact that he was going, you know, they do the drop back. He goes one, two, three steps and Here's the Kansas City defensive line right with him. They were just coming at him all game long. So, you know, now we're going up against Max Crosby and, you know, the the Oakland, excuse me, the Las Vegas Raiders uh, defensive front seven. But hopefully we've got Tyron Smith back, who was a full participant in practice today. So on Tuesday, just for the podcast audience yeah. that, that's listening, maybe on a different day. Tuesday is the day we're talking. Yes. And uh, so, you know, I think it's important because they have a lot to clean up. So, yeah, this is nudging up into that 10 range as to how important it is. So, Tony, Tony said an eight. Give us a number, Tom. I'm going, I'll go ahead and just say a 10 because it's above a a little bit above a nine for me. Mm. Um, Well, Team D, you guys did pick up three more points um, for your record prediction. So that's an even 13. This was a 12-point question. You guys got it. Congratulations to you, Tom and Tony. The answer is somewhere between 8 and 10, which is kind of what your aggregate ultimately was. Um, It's not a 10 because 10 is – you know, 10 is a playoff game. 10 is you lose, you go home. 10 is the season is over. But it's it's up there. And I, I'm i not concerned, and I don't think any of us are concerned about the narrative getting away, but it would be a really annoying week. And I mean, like a long seven days 
if they have to go all the way up until New Orleans. And then what's more, and, you know, Dan, you know, Thursday, they're the second game. Obviously, we'll all watch the sacrificial rite of passage that is the Detroit Lions Thanksgiving Day game. Uh, but next week, they're on Thursday Night Football. So we'd have to hear every morning talk show, every pregame show, every single team, you know, especially considering that the Philadelphia Eagles play the New York Giants this week, say, watch out. Dallas is losing the NFC East. This is going to happen on and on and on. I mean, it would be annoying at the very least, wouldn't it, Dan? Yeah, those are always fun times when uh, we have to listen to that. Um, thankfully, it's only seven days versus the, the longer week that you will get after the next Thursday game. Um, but, you know, it's, you know, Aiden had a stat, I can't remember, a couple of weeks ago about how McCarthy responds to, um, you to know, blowouts. Yeah, right. double digit lost. Right. So I, I have a lot of faith that the Cowboys are going to be ready for this one. Um I am a little worried about with the players are missing and, you know, in particular, Amari Cooper, because they haven't had been without Cooper for a while and he's just so Dak friendly. Um, but I, I think that they will come and they're a better team than the Raiders. They, there's really no reason for them to lose this. If they do lose this game while it is a non-conference opponent um, in the grand scheme of things, it's not, you know, the end of the world. It is going to to create this narrative that maybe the Cowboys are broken, and um, mm-hmm. and I don't want to listen to that. Um, okay, so it's Thanksgiving week for everybody. Um, you know, I know we have some international listeners and viewers, but obviously it's Thanksgiving week here in the United States. Um, generally speaking, this is when you got people staying over at your house or you're staying over at their house. You're sleeping on air mattresses. You know, there's, there's a line for the bathroom. There's a line for the shower. You don't know whose toothbrush it is. You got to have conversations. They're going to ask you about your life. How's it going? How's the career? How's the love life on and on and on. So there's a lot of input from a lot of people. We wanted this to be a little bit of a different round table in that sense. So all of our fantastic four panelists, and I mean the actual fantastic four, not the horrible movie that had uh, Chris Evans um, before he, he he locked on with Captain America. Um, all of our fantastic four panelists have prepared a question. Some of them understood the rules. One of them did not. We will uh, leave that person uh, nameless. Uh, but uh, Sturch, you get to go first here. Your question is for your panelists. You can ask it however you want. You can frame it however you want. You can set it up. You can throw it on one person in particular. It's up to you, Sturch. The, the floor is yours. Uh, I'm a numbers guy, and I like percentages, and I kind of like what Aiden does for blogging the boys. So I kind of went, I want a percentage question okay. uh, to the rest of the panel. The percentage that you think this Dallas Cowboys team went healthy. Now, considering everybody that's that's not healthy right now is healthy in this percentage question. If the Dallas Cowboys are fully healthy, what is the percentage they win the NFC? Not the Super Bowl, just represent the NFC in, in the Super Bowl this year. With this, as I said, no injuries, clean slate, everybody, no COVID, nothing. What is the percentage confidence that we could take out teams like the Green Bay Packers, the Rams, the the Cardinals, the Bucks are this is this team built right now to win the NFC? I'm not worried about the Super Bowl right now. Let's just get there. Quick question, Sturge: Are you are we do we have to assume full health and everything for these other teams as well? Because I think that's important context. Yeah, everybody's right now. Okay. Uh, like, let's just say this is Week One and everybody's healthy. But then, like the well, Cowboys, Martin didn't play Week One. You're hypothetical. Oh, God, you know what I'm talking. <laughs> everybody, everybody, everybody's healthy on every team as constructed. Just 
give me a percentage of where you think we're going to win the NFC. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at some of the comments, very alarming for some of these guys, but one of these guys is very optimistic, but I, I'm curious to see what the panel thinks. Do you want to, you want to point the question at a person that's kind of sure. Let's start it off with the guy who didn't know the rules to this uh, like particular <laughs> exercise. Let's start with the goat, Tom, Tom, go uh, give me a percentage, man. 68%. Oh, okay. Almost nice. Okay, Tony. We'll go. We'll go in clockwise order. Whoever gets picked first, we'll go in clockwise order. Got it. All right. So uh, for me, it's I would say f- a fifty-fifty shot. And and as a gambling man, you like those odds. You take those odds there. Okay. So Tom, so far is 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 uh, a little bit more confident that we can take out the NFC uh, with sixty-eight. Go ahead, Dan. You know, I'm a numbers guy too, and I really think that. There are the Cowboys are one of the three best teams in the NFC, so I'm just gonna. I know it's not. Who are your other people. two, Dan? Sorry, who, who are your other two? If you have to. Do that one. wasn't the question. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, true. So I'm gonna say, sorry to say, I'm gonna say 33. percent Um, I agree with Tony. Um, you know, I I like them as a 50-50 proposition. I I and. In that sense, I mean that I think they could win any game against any NFC team, whether it's, you know, one of the two teams Dan likes as much as the Cowboys or, you know, whoever they drew in the wild card round. I like them to win any game. I think they have at least a 50-50 shot. And if you if you told me that I have that at the very least in any game, any playoff game, and and that I have Dak Prescott as my quarterback, I feel very confident about that. So 50 is my answer, Sturge. You're, who's your – you got to assign these points out. Remember, you're in a competition here. So how do you feel? What's your answer? Where you at? I'm going with Tom. I, I like the I like the mm. big uh, the Homer. The, the Homer like has the the big number. What a, the what a weird. I, the only thing I could say take. is Dan Dan gave him 33 because if he's one out of three teams. I mean, technically, there would be one out of – it would be – I don't know. The percentage is wrong, I think, because I mean, if you're saying they, they're they better than oh, pretty stretch. much everybody in the NFC except for two other teams, I would give them a higher percentage, no? No, I mean, there are, to me, I think there's three teams that could win the NFC, and they're one of them. Okay. So. <laughs> Salt. I'm good. Not doing any more math, so I'm done. Um, okay. That was a good question, Sturch. Um, who's, actually, since you asked the question, Sturch, who's their biggest challenger? Who, who are you losing the most? Who's the other 32% to you? You're talking to me? Yeah, it's your question. Um, I would say right now, still to this day, I don't care where it's being played. Aaron Rodgers is still the thorn in my side. The Packers are the team. The, the, the Rams have shown vulnerabilities. Brady's felt old at some points, even though he kind of unleashed the fury last night uh, against the the New York Giants. But uh, the Cardinals, I still feel, no matter what, I know it's crazy, and they're 9-2. and two. They're the number one seed. I still feel like they can win like 12 games or something like that and just fall off the face of the earth. I don't know what it is. I just have this gut feeling. You know, on the Packers front, Sturch, um, every contender has a loss that, like, makes them not a contender. But I think the most easily explainable losses belong to the Packers. They lost in week one to the Saints, and it's week one, whatever. Fine, right. um, then they lost without Aaron Rodgers in Kansas City. Again, you're without Aaron Rodgers. And then their, like, one true actual loss is to is on the road against a division rival. It's pretty good uh, that it might be a playoff team. So, right. um, okay. Not a bad question, but – just going to go ahead and assume not the best one we're going to get tonight. Uh, Tom, <laughs> wrote you had as we started, <laughs> you had a lot, Tom. And again, as Sturch mentioned, you really struggled to grasp the rules here uh, in our in our private chat. Um, but I have a new question. OK, Tom, hit us. And again, you get to start who you want to answer. And we will go in clockwise order. OK. And uh, 
since if I recall correctly how people were coming down on this question earlier, RJ, I'm going to let you start with this this one. Given the fact that uh, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman were really talking a lot about how the weather seemed to be affecting Dak Prescott in the game against Kansas City, how do you still feel about the idea of Dallas should or should not be really concerned about avoiding having to possibly go to Green Bay in the playoffs? Um, so just a, a you know a producer's note for everybody. I have to type the questions up, so there's a little bit of an awkward silence if if you're asking me the question first, Tom. <laughs> so okay, uh, well, that's okay. You, it's, good it's reminder. Up. It's up. Um, the weather thing is interesting. Now, let me be very clear. I, I, the best comment that anybody said last week wasn't um, your inappropriate one, Tom. Um, in hindsight, it was Tony when he said that Tony or you said that your answer about not wanting to play the Cowboys in a hypothetical week 18 game that would be meaningless against the Eagles if it would allow them into the playoffs. I loved how you said that your answer was based purely out of disrespect that you had no fear of them in the playoffs. And so that's why you didn't care about it resting them and hypothetically letting them in. And so in that, like in a cousin of that sense, Tom, I want the theater. I, I really want the theater. Uh, I love, I love Broadway. I, you know, I, I love, you know, I love Epic. One of my, when I was in college, the word I said more than anything was Epic and it, it annoyed people. Um, so I want the like Epic narrative storyline. I, I really, really want that. Um, and I, I would love, like everyone would, I would love the Cowboys doing the Super Bowl and to be able to say that on the way they slayed Aaron Rodgers. I, I hate that the Eagles' lone Super Bowl is a, a win against Tom Brady in one of his finest hours. Like, that has to be pretty sweet that, that you you took that shot and you won. Like, I hate that they have that. Um, and so I really want that. And that's the emotional part of me. The logical part of me, to your point, Tom, like I think we're, we have some evidence now, and I don't want to be like hot takey, ironically here, that we have evidence that Dak kind of struggles in cold weather situations. Um, or at least is like we have not seen, rather, one of the elite Dak games in cold weather. And so I'm willing to sacrifice my narrative and my epic um, in the name of playing, I don't know, in Arizona. Um, to further the Cowboys cause there's there's an ultimate priority and then there's secondary priority so um, I'm definitely more worried than I ever have been um, to answer your question Tony we went we're going in clockwise order let's oh (laughs) my bad (laughs) I was just so deep in thought and what you said and how profound it was Um, (laughs) for for me I, I don't like you said, you, you made a lot of sense. I, I don't love the idea of going into Green Bay. You know there's going to be weather. You know there's going to be elements. And even if there isn't weather and elements, it's still going to be 20 degrees out. So you, you would like to think our team, based on our offensive line, there's, you know, the reputation they built for themselves, which is, you know, it hasn't been what it, it has been uh, as of late. But we have Ezekiel Elliott. We have Tony Pollard. We have an offense that should be able to travel. It should be able to play in any weather elements. But then you see... You know, we're talking about uh, me and Dave are Northeast Northeast guys. Uh, that's a walk in the park weather. Like, I mean, when I saw that the Kansas City game was mid-50s, I'm like, this is football weather. Then then you hear, oh, the wind was whipping. It's like, well, Dak got a big arm. You can't cut through it. So th- there's going to be a lot tougher weather than that possibly coming down the pipeline. I mean, 
East New York, Washington, you know, we're talking about different situations down the road before you even get to the playoffs, that weather might be a factor. So it's, do I want to go to Green Bay? I don't. Uh, theatrically, I would love to take Aaron Rodgers out and take that smug look off his face. But at the end of the day, yeah, I'm a little concerned probably. I wouldn't say the most concerned, but I definitely don't love the idea of walking into Green Bay in that situation. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I hate the idea. Um, <laughs> I mean, the, the theatrics is nice and it would be great. You know, we talked about this before the, you know, McCarthy being able to um, win against his old team. And I do think I agree with Tony also that, uh, you know, the Cowboys do travel, you know, they, they do play a physical, you know, they're, they're a physical team and they, you know, they can handle some bad weather, but I, I want Kellen Moore's weapons to be free of any type of conditions that could come in there and slow them down. So, you know, obviously Aaron Rodgers, he's he's played a few games there. They're very comfortable in those elements. So, I mean, yeah, it, it would be scary. I, I just want I want it to be a you know beautiful day and just the, the field not to be all slopped up like that a terrible game in San Francisco a long time ago. Um, but yeah, just I don't I don't want that to happen. Sturge, are you uh, are you a braver man than the rest of us? Yeah, I mean, honestly, the the thing, well, hold on. Like, the thing that scares me the most is Aaron Rodgers in a perfect situation. Like, if he's in Dallas, there's not going to be any elements, and that's going to be Aaron Rodgers. Like, that's, I don't know. Yeah, but not not to interrupt, but, like, in that idea, Sturge, I think I speak for Dan and Tony, we trust our team. You know what I mean? Like, that's fine. But, again, I just don't, we've seen it. We've seen it time and time again. We've seen it in Green Bay, too, to that point. Yeah, but we've, we've actually gone into Green Bay and won a game. Like we we've, we've won a game. It's not not, a playoff not game, in not in this weather that Tom is is you know painting listen, for us. Listen, I mean here here's here's my final thought on this. I, do I I would welcome it in Green Bay, right? But here's the thing: we were just talking about the Raiders' importance that game, right? Then guess what? Every week becomes a ten now because if you if you don't get the number one seed, you're going to Green Bay. So every every game has to be a win going forward. That's it. You got to win all. Tom Tybo on this for us. Well, I you know since since. The correct answer was everybody but Sturge's answer. Uh, you know, I feel like that, you know, I need to award some points. And since we're all going to be eating a lot of pie for Thanksgiving, I'll award you all 3.14 points. Well done, Tom. Well done. 30 points to Team T. Well done. Seriously, you guys have uh, have pulled ahead right here. Uh, over Actually, like a I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to re- 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 redact. 
six points from Team D because Sturge, <laughs> you forgot to assign points as after your question. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, Dan, you're up. Uh, hopefully, you can save your team. Uh, it's not looking good. Uh, team T, you guys can uh, you can start preparing the victory speech, I think. But we'll see. You never know. Anything can happen. Okay. So, in the spirit of Thanksgiving, I would like for each of you to tell me your favorite Thanksgiving game over the course that oh, you can Dan remember. Oh, Dan just. Dan wants world peace. Okay, and, and, I like this. And the this is a twenty point question. <laughs> oh, a Thanksgiving game specifically, though. Yeah, and you start. Yeah, yeah, Cowboys Thanksgiving game, and you start us off, RJ. Um, thank you, Dan, for allowing me the time to stall to get the um the the banner up oh. here. Uh, <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I, I mean, first of all, it's it's only the second year of it, but it's very weird that we we no longer have the like. In 1994, Jason Garrett came in and, you know, like that was just such like an obvious like trope on an annual basis every year. Uh, and we'll talk about Jason Garrett, unfortunately, in a little bit. Um, but I like to for stuff like this, I like to go with recent answers so we can all kind of remember um, like somewhat recent. Um, I'm going to go with and I know that one of our panelists was there for this game just because it is a different kind of fun when your team is dominating on Thanksgiving. I will go with 2006 Tony Romo against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers five touchdowns. And that was like that was such nirvana. Like that was like they they did it. They hit they found it. They hit the lotto. It was the throwback uniforms like everything about it was great. Um, This they lost this game. But another game that is like special for me. I don't know why, uh, but I, that 2012 game against Washington was epic. Like, it, it was epic theater. Uh, they they so, again they, they lost, but you are you know. are you just going to pick all the choices? My answer is 2006, <laughs> but honorable mention 2012. That a great choice, by the way. Thank you. Um, clockwise, Tom. Man, you already forgot the rules. Three points to, uh, reducted from redacted, deducted, whatever from your team. As I was <laughs> saying before, I muted myself. I was waiting for you to quit talking, first off. Uh, and I'm, I am I have a problem with questions like this. Because oh, geez. Fight! I have a terrible memory. Mm. And so my whole thing is, I just want to see the game on Thursday. That's my favorite one right now because I'm looking wow, for what a cop to come out, up. Man. I'm sorry, but <laughs> I can't tell you what they did last year. And if uh, well, we don't want to, to talk to about Thanksgiving year, last year. That's kind of the way I am. That's just, yeah, I know it was it was bad. So I'm just, this is just something I don't do well. Um, oh, wow. I was counting on you what? to give us some pre ninety stuff, Tom, and uh, you really let me down. Yeah, this was I a know, shock for. This, it's a bad look for Team T, you guys. Uh, it is. It's it's terrible, and I admit it. But you asked me what year a certain game happened, and I'm just like, huh. Uh, Tony, before you answer, I do want to say I tweeted this before the roundtable started. Uh, Thursday will mark the third Thanksgiving Day game for the Cowboys that Tony Romo is calling. Uh, time flies now that Romo has or will be calling his third uh, Dallas Cowboys game on Thanksgiving Day. They are 0-2 in Thanksgiving Day games that Romo has called, Tony. Um, but your thoughts? If you... I- if you're wow, a fan by the of way, our... sorry, Tony. Stephen Anaya says last year since my number hit twice. So Stephen, <laughs> Stephen's got some personal priorities going on here. Okay, my, mine is personal as well. And if you listen to our two minute warning podcast with me, Dave and Aiden, Clark. I touched on it a little bit earlier. 
the reason why I love this game the most is in 2018, it was the Cowboys versus the Washington football team. And the reason why I love it, A, is the Cowboys won. B, my brother was a member of the Washington football team at the time. So he suited up, he played. Um, and the entire time I was rooting against them. <laughs> and the entire time, like, texting him after the game, he was sending me videos and pitches before the game. And I'm like, welcome to the national stage. You guys are going to get curb stomped. It was just, I mean, as a personal Catalina moment, the Cowboys won, my brother lost, but it was also very chilling to see my brother, you know, on the football field, on the field that, you know, I grew up loving, idolizing the star. And I'm like, man, my brother's really getting beat down <laughs> on this field, and I love it. So <laughs> it was a pretty cool moment. Um, Good luck, Sturch. Uh, well, <laughs> I mean, eating. Beating well, that I, answer after I took the game, you were at. That's that's the rule here, by the way. You can't repeat. Answers. Oh, you didn't see? So you didn't say that. So now, <laughs> well, what am I supposed to just come up with one out of my out of thin air? Like, hey, I, Dan's the one who picked me. Dan's the that, one who screwed you out of it, putting you last. There are a lot of Thanksgiving Sturge. No, I, I get that. I was around for thirty six of them. Well, this would be my thirty six. But I, damn man, I mean, like that that two thousand six game meant everything to me because I was there with my mom, and like it was just I don't know, whatever. I guess I can't. Fine, you, you can pick two thousand six there. We'll make only for this purpose. And like yeah. everybody knows the stats. Everybody knows Roma went out there and completely crushed them. You know, and that was that great. was the origin of the Salvation Army bucket as a prop. By the way, people forget that. Yes, and yeah, because I think To dropped it in there, right? If mm -hmm. that was the same game, right? So. But for personal reasons, the game, the 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 party after, um, there was a band called La Funk. Like they're a cover band. They were underneath this tent, right? And they did all these, you know, just covered all like the '80s funk and all this other stuff, right? But the best part was, uh, and I said this story on the Two Minute Warning podcast, was that there was a big commotion to the right of me, and I didn't know what was going on. We had already won the game, and um, all of a sudden I look over there, and I'm like, oh. That's Jerry Jones. Like Jerry Jones is at the after party. I'm like, what? Like how? Well, he's like within a, a stone's throw. And my mother was like, oh, is that that's the boss? I'm like, yeah, that's the owner of the Cowboys. She goes, we should get his autograph. And I'm like, mom, it's Jerry Jones, first of all. And there's no way we're doing it. My mom is uh, is a little outlandish. OK, she she doesn't have a filter, nor does she care what's like what the scenario is. She bulldozed like the best Moose Johnston I've ever seen. Like she went through the crowd, took my program, which, by the way, Here's a riddle for you guys. Do you guys know who was on the program that day? I'm going to guess Julius Jones. It was actually Terry Glenn, God rest his soul. So Terry mm. Glenn was on the program. She gives my program to Jerry Jones. She hits him with it. She hits him on his peacoat with it and says, my son is from New Jersey. He came all the way here to see you guys. Can you get him an autograph? And I'm just embarrassed. I'm only 21 at the time. I'm like, I got to get out of here. Next thing you know, she's like, he, he looked at my mom. He's like, well, that's a, that's a great fan. And he signs his autograph, and I got the autograph in my man cave now. So that's why 2006 is my favorite Thanksgiving memory, other than the fact that we starched, uh, the, what, Tampa Bay, right? Yeah, Tampa Bay. <laughs> Clearly burned into your mind vividly, uh, Sturge. Well, you mentioned I you were 21. You had, you had a lot of other priorities too. going on that day, too, I bet. <laughs> um, well, I feel bad about my answer. It wasn't anywhere near as cool um, as, as Sturge and, and Tony's. Tom, embarrassing answer, honestly. Um, <laughs> Dan, it's your question to award points for, though. You know what? I mean, Take it home, Tom. Two, Dan. 2006, what is the right answer? Um, I mean, that was the moment, and it's always a great moment when you realize that you have your quarterback for the future, which is really what that game did for me. Um, so you both are right. Um, in my unbiased opinion, with nothing personally to gain, I have to award the 20 points to Sturch. Um, 
Well, it is a team event, so it is 20 points residually belong to you too, Dan. Um, I would add just to the 2006 lore, because I know we have some younger fans. Welcome to um, to the resistance, I suppose. Um, <laughs> the week before, like that's what made the ride epic. The week before was the Cowboys beating the undefeated Indianapolis Colts that would go on to win Super Bowl 41. They were the first team to knock them off. That was actually, incidentally, uh, the first uh, Tony Romo game that Jim Nance ever called. So, you know, nice little, you know, oh, poetry happening all at once and in the air. Uh, that was a great question, Dan. You know what? Another 20 points for a fantastic question. You guys are really I've lost track, but Team Team D is looking pretty strong. So, you know, pretty uh, 28 to 3 situation going on here, Tony. But you have a question to ask the group. Yeah, it's time to end the the feel good here for a second and Uh-oh. bring us back down oh, to reality. No. <laughs> so my question is, we've clearly seen a trend where the offense has sputtered. You know, we've seen scenarios where the slow starts snowball into bad football games. And in a world we live in now, we're always looking to place blame. So do you think it's more of a coach in Kellen Moore not drawing up the right plays, or is it more Dak Prescott personnel that the players aren't making the plays? What do you attribute percentage-wise? I guess we'll go back to the percentage-wise. How would you divvy up the pie of blame here, right, for between player and uh, coach reasoning for the offense, um, you know, getting blanked at times this, this season? Good luck typing that one up, RJ. Yeah, that is <laughs> – um... Okay. Uh, there you go. Um, Tony, there are simple instructions. You ask a question, you start with somebody to begin answering it, and then the train let's, begins. Let's start with uh, my, my fellow Paisan, Dave. Okay. Uh, if I'm, I wouldn't say. I think this, I spelled Divi right, by the way. I think it's D I double V Y. I could be wrong. I'm pretty sure it is the correct spelling. Uh, so 10 points for RJ nice. uh, for the spelling of Divi. Uh, I, I'm going to say straight up, I mean, it's hard to. I don't like blaming Dak Prescott for anything. I think he's like nothing good. He can't do anything wrong. You know, he's like, I'm one of those Dak apologists. Um, but I am still on this. I'm still in the in the mindset that when things are rolling, Kellen Moore calls this play that stops the train. And he's done it time and time again. I'm not saying that he called a bad game, but he called a bad game. You know what I mean? Like he there was too many wide receiver screens. There was too many things where, like, again, they got a first down. The next play is now a reverse to Cedric Wilson, and he's fumbling the ball all over the place. Like there's there's just a time and a place to call these plays. So I'm gonna give. 60% of the blame to Kellen and then 40% of the execution by Dak Prescott because I'm not doing a I'm not doing a 50-50 split here. This is more play calling and this is more schematic. If you couldn't figure things out consistent like, you know, considering the fact that, you know, the the Chiefs defense was out of nowhere really really good, you know, I I have to blame the play calling. I know Dak can make the plays. We've seen him do it, but I've also seen Kellen Moore sputter out a couple of drives here and there and it, that kind of worries me a little bit. What's your numerical answer? Do, do I, said six, I said 60 40. Okay, okay. I got lost in the mumbo jumbo. So 60 40, 60 on deck. Okay. 60 on Kellen. Is that what you're yeah. saying? Yeah. I'm on the other end of this. Like, I I would love to to not say this, honestly. Um, but like we we praise Dak for everything, which is like he deserves. They all deserve. Like, I I, I want to sit here and talk about how awesome everybody is. Um, I think it's 80-20 on Dak. I mean, I, I think you have to hold him as the, by far the most responsible person here. Um, 
He's the ringleader. He's he's the you know he's he, he's what you buy tickets to the show for. You don't buy tickets for the opening act unless it's uh, LeBlanc or whatever. Um, you know what I mean? Like this this is this is it. This is supposed to be it. This is supposed to be the guy. He is the guy to be very clear. But this is supposed to be your reason, and he wasn't. And so I blame I blame Dak. I mean, and I I hate to do that, but it, my blame is also partly based off of how. I don't believe Kellen Moore is this like Kellen has has touched this offense and everything that good has happened is because of him. It's part of why, like, I don't buy this, you know, this take that's been floating around. Like at the end of this year, the Cowboys need to fire Mike McCarthy and promote Kellen Moore to head coach. Kellen got Kellen got owned by Steve Spagnolo, And that sucks. Like that's a real, you know, trigger for Cowboys fans. He is specifically. Uh, but I'd, I'd go 80, 20 at Dak. I mean, he's the dude on the field. He's the guy, you know making the decisions he's I mean if Dak doesn't want to do something he doesn't have to and that's why I think he 80 might not even be enough honestly um is how I feel but Tom you're up yeah uh, so and RJ hates it, Dak Prescott but okay. <laughs> yeah were we just talking about Dak or was it just the players in general because I couldn't remember quite how you phrase that Tony it's uh it's written on the bottom of your screen Tom I know that <laughs> but I just want I thought I heard him say something beyond just Dak Prescott which RJ I wanted to make sure yeah, RJ mentioned he wrote it up that Kellen Moore and Dak, but I'm talking about like who who if you're gonna say player or coach, like well, that's what you said, Tony. Oh. Jeez, what's right. going on no, here? Man. Hell, man. See, yeah. that was what I that was what this I was my exact like, quote at the wow, bottom. It is not <laughs> looking good however, for your team. Despite how the question wound up getting put up in a graphic format, RJ's right. Uh, and I go back to the great very point first, by you right there. I I will go back to the very first play of the game. When Kellen Moore called a pass to Michael Gallup that would have had the Cowboys around midfield at at worst, I think, if they had just completed it, got the Cowboys off to a rolling start, got Kansas City a little bit back on their heels, and Dak just airmailed the ball over his head. Uh, You know, he just missed an open pass, a big play that could have happened and seemed to change the whole game because – I think some of the play calling that, that Sturge saw as a, the fault of Kellen Moore was more trying to find something that would work because things weren't working when he sent them in. So, yeah, I think it's it's around a 75-25 my, my mind. I'm a little bit kinder, but still the, the majority of it is on the players. Uh, and, and Dak Prescott, and, you know, you got to admit – he was he is the focal point of the offense, and so you have to give the lion's share of the blame to him in that case. Yeah, I am I'm gonna go 55-45 on Kellen. And as much as I think that Prescott had opportunities and made some poor plays, certainly if you factor the players in there, you know that's you know, that's, there's a lot of blame to go around, but um, I really think that it also too, if you really look at that game closely, you'll see some of the plays that they actually weren't that b- bad designed, you know, if, if the execution was there. So it wasn't like a Moore just really went out there and threw a stinker. Um, but I do think that over the course of how the game was being played out, there was opportunities for him to make adjustments and do things differently and I don't think he quite was able to do that. And I don't know how much 
other elements came into play, but I, I was a little, I love Kellen Moore. I mean, you guys know, I love Kellen Moore and I was disappointed that he wasn't able to figure some things out um, the way the chiefs came, came at him. So that's, that's where I give those 55, 45. Uh, Tony, before you tie a bow on this, Donnie did say in the comments, this is maybe what you were looking for. 60% Dak, 10% coaches, 10% offensive line, 20% on the wide receivers. Um, I mean, who, who wins Tony? Make us make one of us feel good. It, it, for me, it, it's gotta be, and I'm not just saying this and nobody's asking me, right? So I'm just going to put in my own words. We, we're actually I, all I was, literally asking you right now. Is what, what's no, nobody's asking me my percentage. I think Dave had the, hit the money with the 60, 40, but I flipped <laughs> the blame a little bit. I think it's 60% Dak, 40% Kellen Moore. And, and it, in this instance, it's, there was a moment in the game where I saw Dak like signal the CD lamb, he's going to throw the fade ball. And I'm just like, this probably is not the time for this. And of course, CD lamb gets a concussion, the get, ball gets picked. And I'm just like, that did not need to be forced in that moment. And then he, you, like you said, early in the first game, in the first quarter, he misses the Michael Gallup throw. And then there's some head scratching plays. I just think the players have a, such a big impact in the game. To answer the, the long story short, I'm going to give it to Tom just because the percentage is a little different and he's on my team, so that helps too. But um, <laughs> but I do think that Tom is um, kind of, is at least in the same kind of boat of what I was thinking. Mm. What kind of boat is this? A yacht. yacht. Oh. <laughs> um, look at you, Tom. You're hanging out on a yacht. Um, Jerry's draft lot. Uh, Jerry's draft lot. Uh, yeah. Um, wow. Okay. There's Respect. Um, so basically, Sturge and Dan were wrong. Is all I heard. Um, <laughs> as a result of this. Um, okay. We have two final things to get to. Um, everybody who's wondering how Tom did not understand the rules. By the way, I told all these guys earlier. I said, everyone bring a question, and we'll all ask it there. Tom in an ultra generous move shared his question with the rest of us. And I said, Tom, don't share with anybody. The whole purpose is to, you know, have the discussion and kind of surprise people and Sturge, Dan, Tony, none of you even know this part. Then Tom sent me personally another <laughs> question. <laughs> and I said, Tom, I can't know the question either. So yeah, I can I completely forgot the old Air Force principle of RTFQ. So, uh, yeah. So, um, <laughs> when, but, when you responded, RJ, when you responded to him, like, don't tell, like, I heard your voice actually. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, after I told him the second time privately, um, he said, okay, I have a third, but I'm going to keep this one a secret. So, good, good job, Tom. Good job, Tom. Uh, you held out all the way until the show. But one of the questions that Tom blabbed, um actually is something that we should ask uh but we're gonna get there in a moment we're gonna we're gonna end the show with that but before we get there um i don't think we any of us have like a real hot take on this but obviously it's somewhat relevant to the cowboys and we happen to have the round table today uh today on tuesday jason garrett was dismissed as the offensive coordinator of the new york giants it's no secret that they had not been a great offense uh, since he took over that position in 2020 after the Cowboys moved on and obviously hired Mike McCarthy. Dan, I know that you have kind of been, um, to be clear, none of us hate Jason Garrett, but you, you've kind of been the, the most staunch Garrett supporter. Um, what do you think his future holds? I mean, do, do you do you see him coaching another team in the NFL? Do you see him trying to latch on as an offensive coordinator? Do you see him as some sort of front office figure? Um, do you see him stepping away for a little bit? I mean, this, this could go a number of directions. Um, I could see him stepping away for a little bit. 
you know, he, he, he just looks so unhappy and, you know, it breaks my heart to see him over there wearing that NY, you know, shirt. And the- you, you actually had a tweet, Dan, that I thought was really poignant. You said that you, you've seen a lot of Jason Garrett uh, sort of faces, uh, facial expressions over the years, and that you had never seen him look the way he did on Monday night. And I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it, it just it never seemed like his heart was in it. Like it, just, right. it, seemed, it seemed like he never wanted to be the New York Giants offensive coordinator. He always wanted to be the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, because he bleeds blue. You know, he Cowboys blue. And uh, you know, I just, uh, you know, I feel I feel bad for him. I, I I I thought he was a great offensive coordinator for the Cowboys, but I have you know I don't watch the Giants you know intently, but um, I, you know they obviously I don't think I feel like maybe. It's passed him up as far as, um, you know, being an offensive coordinator. I personally, and I know everybody would hate this idea, I would love to see him come back in the Cowboys front office and, and you know, still be a part of this team. And, you know, I know a lot of people don't care for Garrett, but I wish they could get a sense for wh- how he changed the Joneses, you know, and just anybody of the older fans, especially that's kind of been through those really terrible years after the, the Cowboy, the 90s dynasty. You know, really just saw how Jerry just was kind of ran amok. But uh, so, I mean, I love, you know, I love Jason Garrett. I'd love to have him, you know, back into, you know, a, you know, a desk job and, and, and wear the star again. And I wish the best, you know, maybe he goes and I know he loves coaching. So I don't know if that's going to be in the college ranks or what that means, but um, he's got a lot of friends and a lot of people respect him. So it'd be, it'd be interesting to see where he goes. He could write a series of like motivational books like that. I I would read the heck out of those. Uh, Sturch, we're all being kind here. Would you want to see Jason Garrett back in any capacity? Uh yeah. And to piggyback off of Danny, uh, last night when you you know when you said he looked kind of sad and disoriented, like there was a couple times where they panned over to him. And normally, like you see, like the quarterback and the offensive coordinator, like really like talking and going over strategy and looking at the tablet, blah blah. blah. They were just sitting next to each other, silent. There was no talking between Daniel Jones and Jason Garrett. They were both like, what the hell is going on here? You know what I mean? Like, so the writing was on the wall. Um, listen, I know there wasn't any success with Jason Garrett as far as like Super Bowls or you know, a couple division titles here and there, but I would love to see him back in a front office role for the sole purpose of like as much as like McCarthy and Quinn and they put the the like their like their thumbprint on the last couple of years where you get the CDs and you get the Trayvon Diggs and you get the Micah Parsons, right? But let's not forget, man. There's no Zeke and there's no Dak without Jason Garrett. And, and I think that, you know, for that alone, he's forever indebted with us. Um, and I think that, like, I mean, look, dude, Ben McAdoo is up there. So if he's up there, then Jason Garrett more than, like, 100% deserves a job within the Cowboys organization. Sturch, um, look, I don't want to turn this into a debate or anything, but you, you mentioned there's no Zeke without Jason Garrett. I think that's a point of contention for a certain sector of Dallas Cowboys fans that would have preferred Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, um, Jalen Ramsey would have cried himself out of Dallas. I don't want to hear that. Well, okay, but, I mean, all I'm saying is, you know, whatever. Uh, Tony, Tony, would you want to see him back? I mean... Uh, and the natural progression of somebody like Jason Garrett and his stature is they either, A, take a step back, or they end up in some, like, offensive analyst role or some, like, you know, position coach role. Like or, what Ben McAdoo's doing now, or like what Bill Parcells yeah, exactly. did later in his career, right? Exactly. So, you, I mean, you're not going to, you know, 
flunk out of New York, for lack of a better term, and then fall back up to another OC job somewhere else. So I think he's going to have to take a step back. Um, he, Like Danny said, he's got enough friends in the league that if his heart, if it's in his heart to get back into a team, he'll be on another team next year. It might be, it might not be this year. Would I want him back here? Sure. I mean, he's a wealth of knowledge. Do I want him making, you know, hard and fast decisions on this team? No, but I think he could lend a perspective. He's He's been around the league. He's been around the game a long time. And, um, you know, I'm all about building wealth and, um, building knowledge. So if, if you can add another quality human being in the room, I don't see why it would be a negative. He's a Princeton boy. Come on Tom, now. do you agree? Oh, I I don't think Garrett should come back to Dallas because that's not the best place for him. Uh, I think we found out that there's a limitation to him as an offensive coordinator. When he's got a great running back, a great offensive line to establish that running game, and a really good quarterback, he can make an offense sink. You take those away, and he doesn't really know what to do with it because he's got a very narrow, we're going to do things our way approach to running an offense. I think that's what was his downfall in Dallas and part of what the problem was with the Giants. I also think he may have gotten scapegoated that uh, sure. Edelman and Judge threw him out to try to take a little heat off of themselves because the Giants organization is falling apart. What I think would be the ideal thing for him is one of these teams that's just absolutely in turmoil in the NFL. Maybe like the Giants. Yeah, they actually need to put him in charge of something as far as building a culture, because he builds a great culture. He does a good job of getting a team focused and straightened out. Now, are you going to trust him as a head coach? I actually think there's teams that could benefit from having him as a walk-around head coach with an offensive coordinator who's actually calling the shots in a more 21st century fashion than he does. But, I, you know, I just don't think he should be back in Dallas. It's too soon. Uh, and coming into work in a place uh, for the guy that came in and replaced you, I just don't know of many instances where that actually works out. You know, Tom um, – I don't want to give any points away for this question, but I agree with you the most. I, Dan, Sturge, Tony, you all had great points, and I agree with you. Like, quality human being, anytime you can add that to your point, Tony, that, that is a net win, no, no matter what the circumstances are. But I would I would also add to Tom's point, even the way the divorce, because it, it wasn't really like a true, like, firing, you know, that happened between Garrett and the Cowboys. Remember, it was that week, you know, of are they going to move on? Are they not going to move on? Jay Glazer reported that he was, like, begging to keep his job. It was so awkward. And he is so beloved and, like, family to the Joneses. I don't want that in Mike McCarthy's way. And that has nothing to do with with who Mike McCarthy is. I don't want that in, in the current team's head coach's way. Um, and so, you know, Jason Garrett will always be beloved by this organization, by the Jones family. But I just it, – it's – you know, it, it wouldn't be cool. It, it would feel really awkward to me. Uh, but I certainly would love to see him have success. I mean, I, I would love to see Jason Garrett, you know, like to your point, Tom, send – go – Raiders, what are you doing? Get Jason Garrett in that building and help you kind of figure things out moving forward um, with the Washington football team. I mean, although, you know, I, they have a great culture coach in Ron Rivera. I mean, so um, I don't think – I agree with you, Tom. It's way too soon. Maybe in maybe in like 10 years, but it's just you, – you can't do it right now uh, if you're the Cowboys, especially like what – I don't think you can do it when anybody who's in the locker room has played for him because then it's just awkward. Then it's – you've got conversations happening and, you know, whatever – um, so that is what it is. Uh, but all the best, Jason Garrett, certainly. Um, so final question. Um, Burn 1686 actually said Garrett should go to Philly and mess up that team. 
Um, he didn't mess up the Giants. Uh, anyway, uh, well, Sturch, thanks for ruining it. But I was going to use that as a great segue uh, for our final question. A tale, again, you ruined it. Uh, Tom, this was the question you did not understand the rules for uh, and used. Um, and so, Dan, I'll start with you. We'll go in the same order, counterclockwise. Dan, Sturch, Tony, Tom. Are we at all worried about the Philadelphia Eagles? All right. Eagles, five and six. You know, a lot of people, a lot of people saying, Dan, Eagles are winning out until week 18 against the Cowboys. They're going to be 10 and six in that game. And to be fair, you look at their schedule. It's pretty easy. Um, How do you feel, Dan? Are you worried? Not worried? Kind of worried? Mildly worried? You still need more information before you become worried? Where yet? They're they're not catching us. So if the question is, am I worried about them taking down the East? And the answer is no. Um, It would take a pretty bad collapse. If, If... if that happens, I'm I'm more worried about the state of the Cowboys. Mm. So, so I'm not worried about the Eagles in the sense of, you know, the division. I I don't like to see them play well. I don't like to see them. I don't. We talked about this last week. I don't want to face them in the first round of the playoffs. Um, and I, you know, they they're playing well. Jalen Hurts is playing well. I mean, he's actually like I think ninth in the league in rushing. Um, and you know the Eagles' offense is like top eight in scoring now, and yeah, they got a soft schedule. You know, it's you know it's not fun to see them win, and also too their future is promising, especially if this hurts guy, you know, works out. So, you know, I don't want to. I'm worried about them getting better, and you know, in the long run, not worried about them catching us now. Uh, Sturch, I'm actually going to save you for last because you had some some interesting thoughts on the Eagles. Uh, so, Tony, you're up next. I'm less concerned with the team as I am the schedule, right? Like you mentioned, the schedule is super soft. Um, but the, the 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 numbers are what they are. Um, I saw a stat today, and I hopefully I don't butcher it, but they would have to win five in a row, and the Cowboys have to go 500 for the rest of the way. So they would have to, you know, to for that game to – to matter the Cowboys would have to go three and three or whatever the case may be. They would have to, the way it would go is just for that game to even matter. Things would have to go perfectly right for the Eagles. And like, I know the schedule is easy, but if the Cowboys go out and take care of their business, that game will not mean anything like we thought it was going to be two weeks ago. And, um, yeah, it, it, realistically, I think Danny hit it on the head. Like it says a lot more about us. If, if, if this, that Eagles game ends up being a lot more, meaning a lot more than we thought it would a couple weeks ago. Tom. Yeah, I'm, I'm not worried about him now. Uh, this because, was your question, so, I mean, you know. Well, yeah, I just was bringing it up because I'd seen people saying that, and I'd seen how the Eagles are absolutely confident that it's in the bag. There's no way they're going to lose a game before they play the Cowboys, which is typical Philadelphia arrogance. But uh, – yeah, I'm worried about the Cowboys winning at least four of the last seven games, uh, and I think they need to win five of the last seven to uh, to be on their way to a really good playoff run. That's my focus right now. You know, we'll worry about the Eagles in Week 18 when we see how the the record is and where everything stands because it could be totally irrelevant. What was the term that I think Sturt used? Ugats, and that was yeah. from Tony. <laughs> I was Tony. Yeah, I couldn't remember which one of you you guys from the the, the Jersey Shore came up with that stuff. But <laughs> uh, you know, it was it was just you know, it's just a. I, I I hope I hope it is a meaningless game. I hope the Eagles are eliminated from playoff contention at that point, and the Cowboys are locked in. 
Um, yeah. What was the word, Sturge, Tony? Ugats. Okay, nothing. Well, zero. <laughs> oh, I didn't ask the definition. But um, F Kick Crunch, um, Crutch, excuse me, uh, says, I'm not worried about the Eagles or the loss of the Chiefs. Everything is going to be a different word, Gucci. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Sturge, I have a feeling that you are the most panicked here, that you're the most like, how can you not be worried about the Eagles, man? Look at them. They're rolling. Nick Sirianni, he's my Jersey brother. I mean, like, so um, how, how do you feel? Uh, here's the thing. You know, a couple weeks back, we're all talking about, you know, what seed we're going to be. And, you know, uh, when we get to the NFC it, Championship it, game. Go off. I'm just, I'm just saying, you know, like, this is what happens with the Dallas Cowboys. And while everybody wants to call them special, in which I agree with it, I think the Dallas Cowboys this year are a special team. So they should start winning games, right? Like going down the stretch, late November, December. You know, we always had that stigma. Oh, the Cowboys can't win in December. You know, like they're going to win games, right? But we we forgot about the NFC East. We did. We we started pushing them aside and saying, all right, cool. Once we win the NFC East, then we're going to host this game. We're going to host. Guys, the Philadelphia Eagles, as much as I listen, before the season started, I thought the Eagles would win like two, three games. I swear to God, that, that, that was where I was at with the Philadelphia Eagles. It just so happens that now Jalen Hurts is now a dual, excuse me, dual threat. He's a, a guy not a dual a threat. He's, he's a single threat. He can just run. That's it. That's all. Jalen well, Hurts I'm just saying he, he threw for a buck 47 last week and, and he ran his butt, his butt off. Um, I, I just find that the Eagles are hot when you need to be hot and, and you need to be hot when it starts getting cold. Truth be told. Um, I just think that, uh, you know, Tony, he he hit it, right? He said that the, the Cowboys have to go 500 the rest of the way and the Eagles would have to win out. Do I see the Eagles winning out? No, I do not see the Eagles winning out. Reason being is, guys, we keep saying like, oh, cupcake schedule, cupcake. Guys, the Jaguars are beating the Bills and the Broncos beating us. Like nobody is, nobody's safe. There's no teams out there that are like, you can look at another team on a schedule. It's like, that's a win. That's a win. That's a win. Like, no, it's not like that anymore. It's not like that. You could say that about the Cowboys in a couple st- like situations where like we know we're the better team, but the Eagles can't go around walking like McGregor and saying like, "Oh, we're just going to win all the games." Like, as soon as they lose one, this conversation's over. You know, this conversation's over. You lose that seventh game, you know, the, the, the Cowboys aren't losing seven games this year. As soon as they lose seven games, which is their next loss, this whole conversation's done. So I'm not really where I used to be, but I, I still want to focus on winning the division first. And once that's done. Then we could talk about other things. But until that's done, I'm not talking about it anymore. I will say a tiny point from Sturch's overall point that I really agree with. Y'all remember about a month ago, a little over a month ago, when Tampa Bay was in Philadelphia on Thursday night, all the hubris amongst Cowboy fans was, well, we're rooting for the Eagles now. This this team's not going to win any games. You know what I mean? Like, let's we're all about, you know, conference seating. And there's a time that like you you reach a point where that those kinds of things can make sense. I think the time started last week for the Cowboys. We were all rooting for Washington to beat Tampa Bay. And they did, and the Cowboys beat Atlanta. And for one week, Dallas was the three seed. Tampa was the four seed. I think I speak for all of us in saying we were we were not rooting for the Giants, but we were certainly hoping the Giants were the team that would win on Monday night. That didn't happen, so it is what it is. Uh, but imagine if that game had gone the way a lot of people wanted it to. I mean, the Eagles, instead of being 5-6 and six right now, would be 6-5. and five, And then the panic would really be settling in. Um, overall, I agree with all you. Um, not a real reason to worry, but their schedule is definitely very friendly. Um, they do visit the New York football giants this week, obviously without Jason Garrett. Bernie star says New York giants just got better on offense. They might be Philly this week. And while, you know, 
a lot of people making that kind of joke right now. This news, the Jason Garrett news, actually broke while uh, Brandon Gowton and I were finishing recording the NFC's mixtape. And he actually said, he said, I'm I'm worried now as as an Eagles fan, you know, because you see the bounce back happen, you know, sometimes in these games. And, you know, who knows? Maybe the Giants score 40 points. That would be awesome if they went out and beat the Eagles. Um, so last thing to kind of tie a bow on this, uh, this roundtable, we're going to predict all three games involving NFC East teams this week. I just want an answer. Who wins? Uh, Tom, we'll start with you. Giants or Eagles? I still have to go with the Eagles. Tony. My head says Eagles. I say Giants, though. So your, Eagles. Not, your, head, your head is not yours. Okay. Um, I don't know what, what you said either way, Tony. So you don't. <laughs> Giants. Count. Giants, uh, Giants. And you Giants. said Eagles. Eagles. Where is this game? It's in New York. Giants win at home. I agree with Sturge. Um, okay. Uh, let's go back uh, around. Monday Night Football next week. Washington hosts Seattle. Sturge. I'm going to say uh, the, the Seattle team has been really bad, but they it's can't just be just to answer who's winning. Sir. Sorry, yes. Seattle Seahawks win that game. Dan. I'm taking Washington. Some are saying, by the way, Seattle, the original Washington football team. Uh, Tony. Seattle. Tom. I'm going to say Washington. I'm, Seattle's a mess right now. I agree with Tom and Dan. Great job, guys. Uh, Tom, Cowboys, Raiders, Thanksgiving Day. Who wins? Cowboys. And and wait, wait. Who wins? And every <clears throat> week we also award a star of the game on the Dallas Cowboys. So who wins and who is the star of the game? Those are the two questions. Oh, that's easy on the, the Cowboys. Nobody win. can repeat star of the game, by the way. So Okay, sorry, so I get the easy one. Micah Parsons. Okay, so Cowboys win Micah Parsons? Yeah. Okay, boring. Tony? <laughs> Cowboys win. Give me Tony Pollard. Ooh. Dan, you're on mute, Dan. Cowboys win, Cedric Wilson. God damn. Wow. Okay. Sturch. <sighs> damn. Cowboys. You, you, I'm going with the layup here. Dak Prescott. Wow. What a lame answer, Sturch. You yeah. took Cedric Wilson. What a lame That's answer. I, I had to help the good guys oh, win and the bad guys lose. I mean, just <laughs> seriously. I mean, you know. Um, I will go Cowboys win, and I will say Dalton Schultz. That is my prediction for star of the game. That's um, a great thrown on those balls, by the way. Weird. Um, anyway, I shouldn't do this now, but it is time finally to award our winners of the roundtable. <laughs> a big old congratulations. Sturch and Dan, Team D, got it done. Um, you guys, seriously, incredible job. Um, do you do you want to say anything? Do you want one of you to say anything? Do you want to both say something? I mean, just, you know. What an incredible honor. Dan, the floor is yours first. Because you go uh, by Dan. You actually embrace your D, unlike Sturge. No, I think, you know, it was rough, a tough competition with, uh, you know, Tom not knowing the rules. And and they actually argued over one of their questions, too. So, uh, you know, it was, but uh, no, it's uh, great. You know, I had a great part, partner. I have to give part of the credit to Sturge, you know, and uh, so finish this out. Well, first and foremost, uh, RJ with the dirty pun of the day. I didn't, it wasn't a dirty pun, honestly. I mean, it was. It, it wasn't. So, um, but you you just go by Sturch. You know what I'm saying? You just you know. Yeah, on the on this network, sure that that works out. Uh, but yes, uh, my <laughs> the cowboy. Uh, my final thoughts: great, great performance by everybody. Uh, Tom, you gave us a really good laugh in the middle of the day. I really needed it. It was a stressful day at work. You got the. You know, you gave us a good laugh. Thank you, uh, Tony. Uh, you know. 
good effort, but again, falling short. Uh, but we're not losing back-to-back weeks, and neither will the Cowboys. So, get actually, Dan has won consecutive weeks um, as he was part of the winning team last week. So, um, I'm not losing back-to-back weeks. The yeah. are the Cowboys. <laughs> uh, Dan, as our reigning two-time champion, give us a score prediction for Thursday. Uh, let's go 34-16, Cowboys. Look at that. Three field goals and a touchdown for the Raiders. I like that. Uh, Tom, the final 129 words belong to you. Go ahead. I don't need all 129 because given one of the topics we talked about today, I'm just going to pay tribute to our fellow podcaster, Meg Murray. Cowboys forever. Philly for never. Have a happy Thanksgiving, everybody. to do's less time and an infinite number of tools to keep track of sometimes doing business has never felt harder but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals you can just use hubspot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier imagine this high quality leads fast closing deals wildly happy customers and more benchmark breaking quarters it's not a miracle it's hubspot visit hubspot.com to get started today Claude 3 from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point of the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skill and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest-cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic.